welcome to the Football Fig Nuts podcast number eight. I am Craig. I am Britt. And uh, Britt, how are you this week? I'm having a hell of a week, Craig. That's it has amazing. Been, it has been up and down and just generally weird, so I am happy to be here to talk about football. Excellent. But you know what we're going to talk about? What's that now? We're going to talk about what's in this glass, or glasses next to us. Okay. Uh, we're going to talk about some beer. Okay, so I understand this is Brothers in Farms by our favorite brewery. It is. We're a little biased lately because it's, well, where we are, is it's really easy to get. So. Lately. Lately, anyway. Yeah, always. So t- tell me about Brothers in Farms. I know it's a grisette, which I'm probably mispronouncing. I think that's, no, that's right. And that's, I, that's I don't right. know a lot about grisettes. How much do you know about grisettes? I know a little bit because the name um, seemed pretty interesting to me. But apparently this type of beer, I don't want, I don't know if it was French. I'll have to look it up. Uh, but they made it for miners. Really? So it's kind of like the um, the workers' comp. Which is um, a Saison, which is a farmhouse ale, which would make sense. Yep. So this was for miners after they came out of the mine after a long day of mining said ore. So it's supposed to be really same idea. It's um, mm-hmm. alcohol content isn't that high. Um, right. I think it's six and a half. So you could drink a couple of these and feel feel pretty good. And again, this is called Brother and Farms by Two Roads. I think it's a collaboration, but I don't remember who else did it. Nope. Uh, and by your, since I know you always hold the glass up and look through it, you well, cannot yeah. um, cannot see through it at all. Yeah, the light I penetration can. is, uh, well, I mean, I can get light through it, but it's like looking through an amber beard. There's not a whole lot of light penetration. Um, it doesn't come across as an unfiltered, though. So, um, all right, I'm going to give this a try. All right, let's go. Keep talking yeah. while oh. I drink. Oh, yeah, no, go ahead. I think another brewery near us also makes a grisette. Um, so they're an acquired taste, but I, I kind of like them. What do you think? I like it. It reminds me a lot of Saison's I've had, but with a little bit of a sharper uh, back end to it. Um, it's a little bit more flavorful than your average Saison, you know, but most Two Roads beers are. They tend to be a little bit more um, towards the flavorful end of the palate. I like it a great deal. Um, I'm starting the timer now. I totally forgot to be timing Perfect. our podcast. Perfect. So if we go over yes. an hour, it's completely my fault. Um, but I, I like it a great deal. All right, I guess I'll try it. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I did, I lied a little bit. I did look up grisettes this afternoon when Craig told me we would be trying this. So while Craig drinks, and yeah, I saw found the same thing he did. It's mainly served to minors. It is a farmhouse style like Saison, but a little different. All right, Craig, what do you think? Um, when it first hits you, there's, I don't get the hoppiness. Well, Saison is usually get, our I hoppy. I almost get like a, no, but I almost get like a mint. At least to a me. A mint? To me, anyway. All right, I gotta go back in. Hold on. All right, keep talking. <laughs> and the answer is, oh my god, yeah, like a little bit. It's a hint. It's like a little hint of mint, almost like a spearmint kind yeah. of mint to me. Hmm. It's like somebody so dropped an not... icebreaker in here. So does that make you not like it? No, or... no. I just hadn't noticed that in the first taste. So that's very interesting. I like this a great deal. I also I'll, found out um, another one of their beers, the Hefweizen. Yeah. And don't tell my wife this. Well, Christy, my wife, loves the No Limits as well. Um, well, probably not. I don't know how she feels about this, but they actually have banana flavor in that. Oh, yeah. No, it's on their website. Yeah, no. Don't tell my wife, though. She'll never drink it again. Why? She doesn't like bananas? She bananas. She doesn't listen to the podcast, does she? God, no. All right. My wife does. So All right, right tell now. Tell her not to tell her. Right. Some Sometime in the not-too-distant future, she's sitting here going, yeah, bananas, and writing it down. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, and then she'll, we'll be out like a, a month from now, we'll be out somewhere and she's going to lean in and go, so you like bananas? Here, try the Heffenweizen. <laughs> and we're going to just look at each other and go, uh. So. Oh, no. But you know what happened today, right? What happened today? You can, you need to get the music ready. Uh-oh. I'll, Uh-oh. I'll cue it. We cue the music. It, but... God's gift to pumpkin beers released today. Rhodes Mary's Baby is back on tap at the brewery and is going to be released in stores in about a week or two. I seriously almost left work to go get one today. I know you did. I, I know you did. It's still three weeks too early for me. There's no such thing. It is for me. There's no such it thing. Adds, it adds whimsy. It adds the me appreciating it a little bit more. Stick whimsy. Whimsy? Whimsy. I know that's not even a word. Stick Trust me, whimsy. Trust only had like three sips of beer, so I don't know Seriously, I didn't even have a pre-beer tonight. I'm... See that? Yeah, maybe I should have had a pre-beer you tonight. I'd be in better shape. <laughs> but just let me get this out now. Yeah. I am to transition off the beer, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but a big announcement came out of my hometown today. My my hometown baseball team, a fan of mine and Craig's, the Bridgeport Bluefish, are leaving town, and I'm extraordinarily upset about it. I said it's been kind of an up-and-down week. That's part of the reason why. But also on the exciting end of it, I found out this week that I may be doing a guest spot on SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Radio at some point in the next week, week and a half, to talk about our existing house league because we're hitting our 25th anniversary and I submitted our story to them and they consider us a league of interest. Nice. That's so pretty, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what show I'll be on or when, because they said, give us like six or seven time slots and we'll let you know. But, uh, you know, I, hopefully I'll be making a brief appearance and I'll get to talk to one of the prognosticators there that I like so much. And, and uh, kind of promote our league a little bit. So that's why it's been kind of an up and down week. So if I'm kind of just like, you know, screw it. I hate this guy or this guy. I don't care if I draft that guy. It's probably why I'm just kind of, I really need this beer tonight and this chat. So. Oh, good. So I, I think I feel like I owe Craig a copay at this point. Um, and at the end of the podcast, Craig should say, it looks like we're just about out of time. But, uh, <laughs> you know, let's, let's progress to. To football. Football-y issues. So. <laughs> you are going to be a giant Miami fan this year, right? I am. Why Probably is that? Not, because you love Jay Cutler. I do not love Jay Cutler. I bought into the Jay Cutler mystique like two or three years ago after he had that really good um, year in Chicago, this, which which is the same coach he just reunited with, Adam something or other, Gates? Adam Gates? Maybe. Does that sound right? I'm sorry. I'm really bad with names. Anyone who knows me knows I'm really bad with names. Um, but the, his best year in Chicago was with this guy. And so that's part of the reason why he decided to come out of retirement. Did you hear, by the way, the details of the Jay Cutler deal? Uh, he got $10 million. Yeah, that's if he doesn't hit any of the benchmarks. What? Yeah. It, first off, his salary is $5 million. Okay. His roster bonus, which kicked in the day after the contract, was $5 million. So they paid him $5 million to sign the contract and $5 million to show up the next day at camp. Nice. He has three $1 million incentives each. If he starts 75% of the team's games and they make the playoff, one kicks in. Or no, if he just starts 75% of the games, it's a $1 million bonus. Okay. If it's another million, if he starts 75% of the games and the team makes the playoffs, and then it's another $1 million if he starts 75% of all games and the team wins a playoff game. So if the team gets past wild card week, 
With Jay Cutler in the entire season, he gets a $3 million bonus. It must be nice to be Jay Cutler. It must be nice. But let me ask you this. Okay, All so right. what we know about the Miami Dolphins, is the Miami Dolphins going to make it through a playoff win? The Miami Dolphins are a five-win team. Five wins. That's my prediction. So let's let's go to that because we tease that in Twitter. I want to hear your argument. Why are the Miami Dolphins a five-win team? Um, because, well, because of Jay Cutler won. And the other issue is Jay is already hurt. He's he is. already had a concussion. They're keeping him out of preseason. Well, we're ta- we're game. talking Jay Cutler or Jay Ajayi? Because now there's Ajayi. two Jays sorry, there. That's, that's right. I'm sorry. This is going to be problematic. You can't just say, hey, can't just say, Jay. Well, they're running back. Yeah. He's already injured. He's already had a concussion. So that means for a position where you get hit constantly, yes. one hit and he's done. Like one wrong hit or bad hit, hard hit, he's done. And for a guy you've kind of publicly said is going to touch the ball like every other play. He is. Yep. At, so that means and everyone knows he's had a concussion. So what do you think that means? That means another concussion is likely. Because everyone's going to try to hit him very hard. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you know, I work in the mental health field. I see concussions <laughs> frequently in what I do. Um, well, not really that frequently, but they, they're they there. Yeah, yeah, I see them once in a while. And injuries tend to pile on top of each other. You know, once you have suffered a brain injury and a concussion is a very mild form of brain injury, you are predisposed to them going forward. It's like having a bad joint. If you really like say I blow out my knee, which I've done. I blow out my knee. I don't get surgery. I rehab it. Sometimes that knee comes back stronger. Sometimes that knee is going to be a problem the rest of your life. Sometimes the next time you're running, you're going to have a problem with that knee. And that's what I face pretty much every day. Um, I injured my left knee really badly when I was a teenager. I didn't really talk about it with anybody. And I kind of hit it because I was scared to death about it. I just kind of limped around for three or four days until the pain went away. But when I was in, um, I was in a softball game at the Bridgeport Bluefish two years ago. I was running to first base, and I just felt something give way, and I couldn't stand anymore. I wasn't shocked. I mean, it, it's just the way it is. So the brain is not that much different. Once you have caused a uh, situation where you have a concussion, you kind of become predisposed to it in the future. Um, doesn't mean that everybody who has a concussion once is going to have it again. But it means that the likelihood exists, and that's a concern for Jay Ajayi. So the Cutler thing, I'll give you my perspective, because I said this may be a season saver. That was, of course, before we found out Jarvis Landry is a walking mess right now. Um, for those who may not have heard, Jarvis Landry is currently under a domestic violence investigation from the NFL. He is unhappy with his contract situation, but the Miami Dolphins said they're not going to talk to him until after the season. He's practicing hard. He's playing hard. He seems to be in tune. He seemed to be in tune a little bit more with um, with Tannehill before the injury, and he was definitely better in tune with Matt Moore uh, from other reports. So I don't know how the Cutler thing works in his favor, but when Cut- Tannehill went down, I downgraded everybody on my list at least two or three notches. I kind of brought them up a notch with the return, uh, with well the the inclusion of uh, Jay Cutler. I'm still not sold on them. I still wouldn't touch Jarvis Landry. I'm still worried about Parker. I'm still worried about Jay Ajayi. They're on. They're rapidly sinking to my list of teams I can't touch. And right now, 
the only team on that list that I, the only team on the list that's absolutely positively on that list right now is the New York Jets, and the only guy I would touch anyone from the Jets. No, the, who am I gonna who am I gonna draft on the New York Jets? Uh, uh their defense. They're gonna be on the field a lot. They're gonna be on defense. Yes, and they, if they don't hold people to less than seven points a game, I still probably wouldn't draft the Jets defense. I I'm also hearing now they lost the receiver. Right. So. Well, Quincy and was done for the year. I'm also hearing whispers that the locker room is more dysfunctional than it's ever been. But that's possible. just rumor. I know. You're talking about a locker room where somebody <laughs> sucker punched Geno Smith. Oh my god, I forgot about that. Over a plane ticket, what was that, a year ago? Year two, two years ago. ago? So I mean it's it's I'm hearing it's the worst it's ever been. But that's just rumors that come out of camps here and there. It could be completely untrue. Um I just I they're completely untouchable to me. There is no one on the New York Jets I can draft. I'm worried about every member of the Miami Dolphins. That being said, I'll be shocked if I don't end up with a Miami Dolphin at some point, and I'll be shocked if at some point we aren't sitting here in our DFS conversations and I'm saying, hey, you should totally draft this guy from the Dolphins because that kind of stuff does change. But as of right now, with me sitting here in the beginning of August, I can't see and using anyone on that team and. And if you look at the AFC East, the New England Patriots should be just sitting back and laughing. Buffalo is hurt. Buffalo doesn't look good early. The Jets literally are going to hold contests for you to become members of their team. And now (laughs) Miami has lost its quarterback for the year, has resurrected Jay Cutler, and that's if he's handing off to a guy who's got a concussion or throwing to a guy who may have a domestic violence charge hanging over his head. It's a bad situation. Does, so at Buffalo, does yeah. them signing Anquan Bolden help you at all? It does. It does. Because I think Sammy Watkins, if Tyrod Taylor can get himself together, Sammy Watkins has the potential to have a good year. And I think part of the reason that you would worry about Sammy Watkins is that he needs to have someone on the other side of the field who can catch the ball, but not take away too many touches. Anquan Bolden to me so is he needs that to be guy. A distraction, so he doesn't get double teamed. Exactly, constantly. but not somebody who's going to get every single pass. Like kind of what Larry Fitzgerald has come in the last year or two. Do you know Larry Fitzgerald? And I could be getting this wrong. So Larry Fitzgerald led the league last year in receptions. What? Larry Fitzgerald, from what I said, oh, Craig's going to the phone. I'm going to look it up. Go ahead. See who led the league in receptions last year, because he was drawing. Because John, he was he was drawing John Brown when he was healthy was drawing people off of him. So I heard that the other day. So if I'm wrong on that, then I blame one of the pundits on the radio because that's where I heard that. But I mean, I'm looking at the teams in the league and there's very few teams where I won't touch anybody, but that is one of the, there's, there's, if there's three of them, they're all in the AFC East. I mean, I'm still interested in Sammy Watkins. I think Tyrod can have a decent year, but I am absolutely not touching the Jets. I am downgrading the Dolphins at virtually every position, although not as much as I was a week ago. You know, I mean, what's that? You are correct. Yeah. He had one more than Antonio Brown and six more than Odell Beckham. So, and, and so here's the question. In a um, PPR, he should be gold, right? In theory. John Brown is healthy again, supposedly. Mm-hmm. At least he is, as far as I know. I haven't looked at all the news reports today, and Lord knows he could have just fallen over in Arizona camp today. But, you know, Craig's going to go check that out. Is John Brown alive? Just ask Siri, is John Brown alive? I think you just set off everyone's Siri now. I did. Uh, hey, so Siri. Top, um, top 10 receivers. Yeah. And this, with receptions. This is total receptions total last receptions. year. Go Larry, for it. Larry Fitzgerald at 107. Antonio Brown, 106. 
Odell Beckham 101. Yeah. And then it drops off under 100, but it's upper 90s. There's uh, Edelman, Jordy Nelson, Mike Evans. There's a two-way tie for seven. So Jarvis Landry and Doug Baldwin. Jarvis Landry had the same number of catches last year as Doug Baldwin. 94. That is shocking to me because I thought Doug Baldwin was way more productive than Jarvis Landry. <laughs> no. He's the problem with Baldwin <laughs> is he's streaky. He is. We covered this in the wide then, receiver podcast. Then there's uh Michael Thomas, Golden Tate, and T. Y. Hilton rounding out the top. Golden 10. Tate? Yeah, in Detroit. I have never been a big Golden Tate guy. I mean he came on he he started off fire he went fireball at the beginning of last year and petered off. Is that what it was? Yeah. Yeah, I mean that was where's Julio on that list? Uh, Julio. And don't forget, he missed games. He did. And he had that one game where he literally caught zero balls and played the entire game falling over he himself. Tied for 17th. Tied for 17th. Tied for 17th. And they're or saying Amari he's going to have a monster year. Kyle Rudolph. Amari Cooper, I heard, missed practice too. I haven't heard why yet, but Amari Cooper isn't practicing. So that's interesting. And what's going on with the Ravens? This week? Flacco is still hurt. I don't know. And Andrew Luck is hurt. I've I've started to hear experts downgrade Andrew Luck. Um, as we're chatting, I will pull up the new ADP numbers. Last I looked, he had definitely slipped in the quarterback rankings past four. He seemed to be a consensus four going into uh, this year, but now more and more teams are starting to, or more and more leagues are starting to draft their teams. He seems to be slipping. I've got him as a consensus ADP of five. He has slipped behind Russell Wilson. Wow. I've seen lists where he is five behind Wilson or um, where is he? Matt Ryan. I've seen him at six behind both Wilson and Ryan. Uh, so uh, according to this, his best draft position on an ADP list. And again, this is a consensus, so it takes a lot of different sites into account. The best site they have an ADP for him is two. The worst they have is 19. So there are leagues where he is the 19th quarterback off of the board. That's I can't I can't draft Andrew Luck and feel good about it right now. Maybe as my second quarterback, mm-hmm. maybe I could do that because that you know we may have the Wade Wilson effect. You know, for uh, my the very first year we did fantasy football, my number one pick was Warren Moon. This was 1993. Still a Houston Oiler. Yes, there was a team in Houston called the Oilers. The Houston Oilers. The Houston, Houston Oilers. Oilers. And oh, if Eric, man. you're listening, that one was for you. Um, <laughs> And I drafted him number one overall. Like seven or eight rounds later, I looked back and I was like, I need a quarterback. And I picked Wade Wilson, who was the starter in New Orleans. By week three, Wade Wilson was my starter. That was the year that New Orleans kind of came out of nowhere because all of a sudden he was chucking the ball everywhere. Now, granted, I went one in 15 that year. That was the, that was the year that the NFL ex- experimented with the extra bye week, and it was 17, 18 weeks of the season. Mm-hmm. So we could play a 16-week season. It was also 1993. We didn't know anything about playoffs back then. Playoffs? So, playoffs. So there was, there was um, that. So did you hear about the protest that's going on for Colin Kaepernick? It's... Someone using Spike Lee's Twitter account has organized a protest at the NFL headquarters at the end of August. Now, when you say that, does that mean that Spike himself has said, this is not me? He, let me, I'll, I'll bring up the right tweet. Yeah. So, uh, we can find out here. Hold on. Oh, look, Mike Gillisley is hurt too. What happened to him? I don't know. Let me pull it up. I've got the, the news of the day. Uh, hamstring. He has been, quote, locked onto the conditioning field for the past few days, according to the Boston Herald. 
So it's an issue he's had in the past. And I was thinking about this the other day because we talked a little bit about Gillisley and he might not make the team initially. And now he was going to be the, the lead back. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who the lead back <laughs> is in New England because it's irrelevant. It's irrelevant. When was the last time a guy you thought was going to be the lead back was actually the best running back in New England? I don't know. Corey Dillon? Oh, don't mention him. Robert Edwards? I mean, seriously, in the Belichick area, when was the last time we walked into a season and said, this guy is the bell cow back, and he was. It doesn't happen. Uh, they use a very weird approach there. So I don't really care do. if Mike Gillisley... The more I think about it, the more I'm like, it's just another position I'm going to avoid in the Pats. So, anyway, what'd you find? Uh, so, Spike Lee on Twitter said, I did not organize and set up this protest, however, I still support my brother and his stance at the injustices in these United States of America. So, what is this injustice they are claiming done to him because he can't get signed? Yes, they're saying the NFL has blackballed him because of his issues last season. Well, I... Uh, <sighs> Here's what I'll say in defense of Spike Lee. And yes, that's me opening a second beer because it's been that kind of week. Um, He might be right. Because look at it this way. Every report you've heard about him going somewhere has ended with the owner nixing it. Supposedly Baltimore wanted to bring him in, but the Baltimore owner didn't want him there. You know, Miami was talking about it, but the Miami owner wasn't really sure about it because he wore that uh, uh, pro-Cuban, pro-Fidel Castro shirt. Yeah, that doesn't... um go well with no, the poorly. people in Miami. Yeah. You know, I mean, so there's a possibility that this is really the owners. Maybe And maybe it's not them banding together. Maybe they haven't blackballed it. Maybe it's just individual owners who look at them and say the headache is more than it's worth. But I can definitely see how people would think that way. And the possibility exists that there is some sort of quote-unquote conspiracy against Colin Kaepernick. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see because you never know. Someone can get hurt in week three and he can wind up with a job. Yeah. yeah and Vince Young is still floating out there yelling about how he doesn't have a job. Yeah, so And uh, Johnny Menzel has a job somewhere. Probably. Yeah. I'd swear is Johnny football. About, he should just go to Canada. See rehab. <laughs> Maybe. Such a waste of talent. It really was. It's a sad story. Um, and it's a, it's a cautionary tale for kids who may be listening to our podcast. Um, you know, don't, don't do that. Don't do the Ryan Leaf Johnny Manziel way of doing things. Lawrence Phillips. I mean, is there a more sad story in the NFL than Lawrence Phillips? This guy had all the potential in the world, and now he's not even he's not even with us anymore. No, because of that stuff. So, but we have we have a fan letter. We do. Let's get to that fan letter. We have a fan letter. So why don't we uh, talk about that? First off, I want to thank the person who wrote in. Um, He's a guy I curl with. Uh, buddy of mine who saw that we were doing the podcast because we've been promoting it mercilessly throughout our social media empire and uh, said, you know what? Oh, there's Craig's second beer opening up. Although I don't think this is the second beer because we only had like a taste of the Brothers and Farms. So, uh, which was very good, by the way. Thank you, Two Roads. Um, so Larry wrote out to me and had a question, but uh, I can't just call him Larry. He is Skinny Larry. And Craig just gave me a look as he begins to drink his beer I'm waiting for the inevitable question. Here it comes. Who's Skinny Larry? Skinny Larry. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> so the funny story is I don't know why he's Skinny Larry. He is a skinny dude, but he's not like like skinny, like six skinny. We just have a bunch of Larrys that we curl with, at least three that I can think of off the top of my head. And from what I know of the story, and I may be getting this completely wrong too, 
you know, as a side note, I may be getting this completely wrong. Should be the name of this podcast because I say it at least twice a that week. That doesn't help us promote this podcast. No, it doesn't. I may be getting this completely wrong, but but um, yeah, it's a catchy name. It was a it was a night at the club where there were multiple Larrys there, and somebody said, "Get me Larry," and they said, "Which one?" And he went the skinny ones. Get me skinny Larry. So um, it's kind of a thing he jokes about, um, but. You know, for this for this podcast, we can just call him Larry. Now that we've yeah, shared the quote unquote legend of Skinny Larry, we can just call him Larry. So Larry reached out to me and said he had a keeper question. So okay. he can keep he's, he's narrowed his keepers down to two people. He can keep Ty Montgomery and give up his twelfth round pick, or he can keep Jamison Crowder and give up his eighth round pick. So I will ask you, Craig, Ty Montgomery for a twelve. Or Jamison Crowder for an eight. So I would go with the safe route um, because with um, drafting, especially if you're keeping people, right? Uh, do you know how many people he's keeping? Uh, he can keep one. He can only keep one of these two. All right, just one of the two. So he would be giving up an eight. An eight if he gave, if kept with Crowder, mm-hmm. or he gives up a twelve if he goes with Montgomery. I would go with Montgomery and give up the twelve. Why? Uh, because your the eight your eight pick still has a lot of potential. Okay. Um, also, Montgomery is the starting running back on in the, for um, Green Bay for now. For now, but as of right now, he is. So, uh, with that, there's there's no running backs after like the sixth round, seventh round. Okay. Um, the other issue is with Crowder. He does have the potential for the third-year wide receiver. Look at me. I'm a god um, thing. I don't buy that stupid third-year receiver thing. It I just, happens. Uh... So anyway, but the other issue is he is on Washington. Which means it's Kirk Cousins dependent. So it's either Kurt Cousins or Kirk Cousins. One of them is an evil twin. Which one shows up to throw the ball? You want the yelling, you like that, Kirk not the I don't know what I'm doing and banging my head against the wall, Kirk. Isn't it Kirk? You keep calling well, him Well, one's the evil twin, so they have to have they have to be separate. And we don't know which one's playing this year. Exactly. I see. So I would go with the safe bet and get keep the um keep the higher pick. So initially I thought you were completely wrong on this because we exchanged emails about this when it came in and I was like, "No." No, because Ty Montgomery had uh, he's he was a gadget player in my opinion, and when I say gadget player, people all right. So let me let me stop there. Gadget players get a bad rap. That doesn't mean the guy can't play football. He's an extremely talented, extremely physical young man. He can play freaking football. But when I say he's a gadget player, I mean part of his success last year was due, in fact, mainly to people who have not seen him play. His production got worse as the year went on in the running back role because people got used to seeing him play and they adjusted. Sometimes when really talented guys take the field, uh, Ezekiel Elliott for an example, initially there's a huge burst of production and it settles down over time, particularly on the offensive side of the ball. So to me, I'm like, Ty Montgomery didn't finish really strong his ADP isn't super fantastic. It's putting him probably in the middle rounds. I'm not a big fan on there. I would rather go with the wide receiver because I think Crowder is going to get a lot of targets in Washington this year. And I, I'm saying to myself, this is this is a situation where you don't want to go that route. 
Um, so then I said to myself, but let's do what I call differential pick analysis and really look at what is actually going on here. See, Britt is the numbers guy. I'm the I am. hunch feeling guy. And you know what the funny thing is with the two of us at the end of the day, they usually mesh. And in this case, they will. So I went and looked at the different positions and I'm just pulling up on my screen exactly what it is. So I use what's called ADP differential. So if Ty Montgomery is going to cost you a 12 pick, depending on the makeup and size of your league, I look at the ADPs and say who's going to be available in that slot if you had that pick. I then look at the same round for the other guy and say who's available there. So let's presume he keeps Crowder. That means that 12th round pick that he saves, because he gives up his 8, but he keeps his 12, he may be looking running back. If he's looking running back in the 12th round, he is looking at, where is it? Oh boy, I lost it. Keep reading. Okay, Thomas Rolls or Jaquiz Rogers, based on the current ADPs. Thomas Rolls still plays. He might be the starter this year. Okay. In was Seattle? Seattle. Yeah. Why am I drawing a blank on that? Because I've got all the numbers in my head right now. So, what's the difference between Rolls and Montgomery? And the difference between Rolls and Montgomery, in terms of my estimations, is about 70 points. 70 to 75 points. So, that's the differential. Keeping Montgomery is 70 points better than drafting the average running back that's available in the 12th round. Okay, so now I look at the 8th round and I look at the wide receivers. Who would be available in the wide receiver range if he kept Montgomery, gave up his 12, and now he's drafting in the 8th? In theory, the way I look at this, and again, this is just my personal way of looking at it, Crowder, would you would have to replace Crowder's production in the 8th. That would leave you a choice of Deshaun Jackson or Eric Decker. I think both those guys are going to have really solid years. I have their numbers pretty high. I actually have them higher than some of the guys when I talk about the running backs. Um, about 190 points. I really think both of them are going to do really, really well. Particularly Eric Decker. I think he's going to do really well. I am not an Eric Decker fan. I know you're not. I know you're not. But I think he's going to do really well. And if Mariota stays healthy, I think he has the potential to be really great. So I look at that, and the differential between an Eric Decker and a Jamison Crowder is only 20 points. Okay. So there is more bang for your buck with keeping the risky Ty Montgomery at 12 than keeping the less risky Jamison Crowder at 8 because of the depth that you know you, you spoke about. There is a There are several cliffs. There are multiple tiers this year at every position. If you listen to the running back show, you heard me basically tell you never to draft a running back because they're all going to get hurt, which is obviously <laughs> not true. But I basically sat there and said, I love Ezekiel Elliott if he's not suspended. I like Le'Veon Bell if he doesn't get suspended for substance abuse. If he even signs. I love David Johnson if he doesn't get hurt again. I gave you, I gave, I was like the, the, not the little Mary Sunshine, but the Debbie Downer, if you will, on um, every single running back. I mean, like all of them. Like the only guy I'm looking at the list and I actually like is like DeMarco Murray. And I know Craig hates DeMarco Murray and I know he's had his own issues, but still, that's like the only guy I'm looking at. So I may seriously draft wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, quarterback, tight end, running back this year. I won't really do that, but I'm tempted to just because every running back to me comes with question marks. Given that, and the question mark with Ty Montgomery is if he falters, does Green Bay replace him? 
I believe there's a rookie in camp. Oh, I'm drawing a blank on the guy's name again. To the phone. Oh, my goodness. He's doing well in camp, too. He's not spectacular. He's not taking the job from Ty. But if he continues to progress, well, Craig's looking that up, by the way. I think we're going to see a regression year for running backs, rookie running backs this year. I think Fournette's going to be awesome. I think Christian McCaffrey has potential. I'm worried about Joe Mixon's role. He's number three on their depth chart right now. Um, I'm worried about, uh, well, Fournette we heard today, according to Jacksonville, their coach came out with some sort of weird situational thing where he talked about Chris Ivory doing short yard and goal line and, um, Cripes, what's the other guy there? I want to say TJ Yeldon and that's not right. Uh, it's Ty Montgomery and then his backup is Jamal Williams. As In of Green right Bay. Now. Yes. Is Williams the rookie? Am I getting that right? Uh, there's Williams and then Aaron Jones. Oh God, I'm totally unprepared this week. I've had a bad week. Leave me alone. <laughs> um, but I, I really feel like he is. He, um, Jamal Williams is the rookie. He's the rookie. He okay, that's BYU. the guy I'm thinking of. So Jamal Williams is the rookie, and I, I mean, there's a possibility that by week five, if Ty Montgomery really s- struggles, and let's be honest, Green Bay struggles early in the season. They it's always kind, do. Yeah, it's kind of a pattern for them. Is that is he the guy who ends up getting replaced because things aren't going well? You know, I don't know. I'm just saying it's a possibility. So you got to you got to kind of consider that. Um, so the end question, the end of the question for Larry is: I would keep Montgomery. That despite the risks, the upside there is greater than you get with Crowder. Saving that eight pick, you still can get a semi decent wide receiver. But if you hold on to that twelve pick, there is really no good running back for you to go and take. So, I want to ask yep. you really quick. Yeah. Julian Edelman. Okay. Thoughts? Uh, he's a Patriot. Okay. So, I will not draft him. But do you think he's going to have a decent year? Um, and I'll tell you why prob- in a minute. I He probably will, as long as he doesn't get hurt. That's the big which thing. Which is the thing, because he's been hurt. He, what happened to him last year? Was it his elbow? Oh, I don't remember. His arm? I don't pay attention Something to with the Patriots, his leg. honestly. I just, they, they limp off the field Honestly, the you know what? I was thinking about it. You know who they should have named the GOAT in New England? Who's that? The Patriots offensive line. They're good. They've been good for years. Because I, you can probably put any quarterback behind them, and they would do pretty well. I'll disagree. Think as so. much as I don't think Brady is the greatest football player of all time, I do think he's like one of the top three or four quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. That argument absolutely can be made. Mm-hmm. I do think that the skill behind that line still has to be there. You're telling me that if you put Jay Cutler back there, the Patriots win the Super Bowl last year? They at least get to the playoffs. But they don't win the Super Bowl, and that's the difference. Mm. That's what I'm saying. I, the offensive you know line well, is key. Well, no, because it's still the Patriots. So in those key moments, it's like all of a sudden the Super Bowl becomes playing Madden, and the team you're playing against can't do anything wrong. Yeah. And then magically, oh, look, there's an interception. Yeah, you're not coming across as biased yeah, at all no, right now. I not know. at all. It doesn't matter. Yeah, not it's, not, it's not a secret. Not it's not all. a secret. Mr. My team, I'm just, I'm just waiting for the first injury to happen One on day. my team. One day. Actually, One it's day Marvin well. Lewis. He had a good surgery. Marvin Lewis had to have surgery? Mm-hmm. He had a problem with his knee. <sighs> but look, like, look, the example. Remember David Carr? Vaguely. David Carr was a really, really good quarterback in college. But there's a lot of guys who are really, really good right. quarterbacks but, in college. But the Houston Texans drafted him. Yeah. And what happened to him? He was bad. He wasn't bad. You know why he was bad? Why? 
because he got sacked more than any quarterback ever. Okay. He got sacked over 30 times. Okay. Put David Carr behind New England's offensive line. They win the Super Bowl. See, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Because Kansas City has the last three or four years had a really exceptional offensive line. Look at their rushing numbers. You know, Jamal Charles before he got hurt. The, the Kansas City Chiefs the rushing. pass blocking and running blocking is different. It is different. But a good offensive lineman can switch between the two. They should be able to, yes. The offensive line in Kansas City has been so good the last couple of years. That it does not make a difference who the guy running the ball is. They're going to be solid. You know, Jamal Charles, Spencer Ware, it doesn't matter. But I think it matters just because I think the quarterback position has that extra notch of kind of like nuance to it, mm-hmm. like experience and whatnot. I think that's where you'd separate your Brady's from your Derek Carr's. Now, that being said, put Aaron Rodgers behind that line. I absolutely okay. agree. Put Drew Brees behind that line. I absolutely agree. Put Tyrod Taylor behind that line. They're not winning the Super Bowl. All right, put Brady behind the line that David Carr had. He wouldn't he be would playing be today. Broken. He wouldn't be playing today. See? He would not be playing today. He would have lasted like five years with multiple injuries. Yep. <laughs> yep, absolutely. But, you know, same logic then. Don't forget, he replaced Drew Bledsoe. And I don't know how much of a difference that was. We got to get we got to get the guest thing working here, Craig. We got to get the Skype working because we we've got a, a bunch of, of weirdo like Patriots, you know, know and he could weird. tell me what the difference was between the year before Brady got uh, that won the Super Bowl with Brady and the, that that year that they did. Bledsoe got sacked a lot. You he know, did. I he mean, was a, though he was a large individual. Well, I mean, he still is. What, what Tom Brady? Tom Brady's a large individual. Oh, uh, I think Bledsoe was bigger. Maybe I hear he makes wine now. Good for him. Bledsoe? Yeah, expensive oh, wine. Nice. Expensive wine. Very Good nice, for very him. Nice. Good for him. Uh, what else do we have on our list of things today? Uh, there's there's chatting going on between Le'Veon Bell and the Steelers, but Le'Veon Bell is still not in camp. Um, so he's not signed yet. No. So they're going to make an example out of him and not sign him. Well, here's the thing. Can they afford to do that? Let's find out who his backup is. <laughs> oh, it was what's-his-name from Carolina, but I don't think he's there anymore. But, I mean, here's the thing. So, Devontae Freeman gets a big contract today. Yes. He's he Devontae Freeman. He's not, like, world beater, greatest running back of all time. They didn't just re-sign Marcus Allen. If you're the Steelers, can you really look at Le'Veon Bell and go, we can't afford to pay you big money after you after you see Devontae Freeman pull down a five-year extension? That's wow, worth- Bell's not even on their roster. Re- oh, yeah, because they had to submit initial rosters this week, didn't uh, they? It's Fitzgerald. Toussaint, Toussaint. Oh yeah, Fitzgerald Toussaint. That's right. I yep. forgot about him. Wow. Well, he's mm-hmm. that's a, that's a big step down. In light of the Devonte Freeman signing today, how does that change in your mind how the Steelers have to approach Le'Veon Bell? Um, how much did Freeman get? He got ten million, I think. Uh, million? five years, forty-five and change. Oh wow. Wow. So nine plus per year. Yeah, I think that's what Bell's going to use as an example. So I mean, but can if you're the Steelers, can you really afford to play hardball and say, no, I'm not going to pay you $10 million a year? Go mm. away. Go ahead and sit out. I don't care. No, because I think they need him. They do. So I think, yeah, I think now you got to give him a deal. And if I'm Le'Veon Bell, I'm not looking for five years. I'm looking for three years, $30 million, with a huge signing bonus up front. Huge, huge. 
I'm telling you, it's the <laughs> biggest and best signing bonus you've ever seen. You've never seen anything like it. It's it's just spectacular. <laughs> it's a great signing bonus. It's amazing. I know it. You know it. Everybody knows it. It's the best signing bonus you've ever seen. Here's um, another interesting thing. Jimmy Graham, yeah. who, like the last two years, has not been um, producing the numbers he used to in New Orleans. He came on. He came on late last year, but yes, he um, has actually lost twenty pounds. Yes, he's I heard down that, to two sixty. I heard that he was up to two eighty when he was rehabbing from the injury mm-hmm. because literally his PT guy was like, "You need to be in this room working specifically on your injured area every single day." And he's like, "Well, I need to exercise." No, no, no. No, rehab, rehab, rehab. So consequently, he was not doing the amount of exercise and the amount of calorie burning he was doing on a regular basis, and he put on 20 pounds. But So hopefully, um, he'll... I don't think he's ever going to return to what he was in uh, New Orleans just because the quarterback is so different. I think the scheme Drew Brees is, is going to, you know, Drew Brees throws 45, 50 times a game. Well, among other news, let's mm-hmm. shift to one more story sure, here. Sure, sure, sure. Rumors out of Cleveland. Cleveland Browns. Brock Osweiler will start for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, what's the Cleveland Browns record this year? <sighs> Do you think they tank on purpose? Why? They draft terribly. They do. Because the Jets are probably going to get the first round pick. <laughs> they, they, this was the year that Johnny Manziel was supposed to be the future. This was really? the future was supposed to be now. When did Manziel get drafted? Uh, like two or three years ago? I don't know. How long has he been in rehab? I, I don't know. Anyway, but Brock Osweiler sitting out the first preseason game. People are taking that as a sign. He's the starter. Does this change anything for you in Cleveland? The answer is no. No, I'm sorry, Cleveland. I'm a Bengals fan, so I know your pain. What is it with Ohio? I'm not sure. They're good at basketball. Are they? Well, they were last year. Without LeBron James, are they? That's a good question. <laughs> Are they good at baseball? How are the Indians? Didn't the Indians make the World Series? Did they win the World Series? No, they lost know. it. This is a football podcast, so I don't know. They they made the World Series a year or two ago and then lost. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, because I was rooting for them because the whole major league thing. Which, by oh, the way... Oh, that's an awesome movie. Yeah, just to jump back to my whole complaint about the Bluefish, this is yeah. totally a major league situation. Yeah. I, I just... I don't want to see the mayor who's quote-unquote evicting them naked... So I don't think they're going to do the whole stand-up thing where they pull off pieces of clothing. But this is totally a there is no tomorrow, so let's win it today kind of situation in my hometown. There you go. So I'm kind of hoping. I'm kind of hoping. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. What? I'm putting my phone. What are you putting my phone for? Is I don't know. Text message? Maybe. It's from the NFL. Before, what do we uh, got? Breaking news. What's the NFL, NFL announces it will hire up to 24 full-time officials for the 2017 season. Well, that wait a minute. Whoa, wait. What? Full-time officials in the NFL? Yeah. That's big. Okay, I said that in the joking bad radio announcer voice, but wow. That is huge. That's huge. My God, full-time officials, is they're the only sport that doesn't have them. Which is strange. Well, the only major pro sport doesn't yeah. have them. And that would allow them to do a lot of training during the off-season. Thank God. Wow. I, never, I know one thing I never understood is why they break up the refing teams for the Super Bowl. No. No, for the playoffs, you should absolutely not evaluate these guys individually. It should be a yeah, team, it should be a team thing. thing, just like... 
how the NFL, you know, hope, you know. What, you mean kind of how like the NFL evaluates playoff teams? We don't exactly. care if you have the best player. If you don't win games, you don't right. go to the playoffs. Right. Yes. That's exactly what they should do. And then they, they get don't. to the Super Bowl and then they've never worked with each other before. So they have no clue. Right. And they all look at each other. They end up with 17 like, huddles. I don't know. What did you think? I don't, I don't know. know. I, I saw a foot over there. I don't know. His arm is here. Let's get pizza. I don't know. Yeah. Pizza? What kind? Sausage? Oh, my God. Sausage. Okay. But he caught the ball. Okay. So. I'm with you. I'm absolutely with you there. This is this is a big move, and it's breaking news now on the podcast that will there be published go. two days after the news comes out. So but it's Friday when you hear this, you'll already know. Let it never be said that we do not adjust on the fly to when <laughs> stuff happens because we just did. So, um, going to be wrapping up. Let's talk a little bit about what's going to be going on with the podcast in the future. We do have some um, stuff coming up. Uh, our house draft, our 25th annual CTFFL house draft is going to happen on Sunday, September 3rd. So we are going to maintain our current schedule, but then a special episode will publish on Labor Day that will um, cover our draft. We're just going to do a quick post-draft thing. We are being hosted by the same local team I've mentioned two or three times tonight, the Bridgeport Bluefish. Um, I'm hoping actually to get a couple of their their big fantasy football guys, by the way. The guys over at the Bluefish, I know at least two of them that listen to our podcast on a weekly basis. Thank you, guys. Um, and they're giving us this this suite for us to hold our draft and um, have our, our podcast in. So I'm hoping that a couple of them will join us for the podcast. So just be a brief little recap um, on what is pretty much acknowledged as draft weekend for a lot of people. Um, and then we will immediately that week go into the DFS mode. Uh, where we start to uh, really start to work on on the DFS pools. Yeah. Um, DraftKings published its week one values already. Wow, really? Yeah. Which means we are going to sit here and wait and watch. Yep. We are not going to put money into a pool yet. Do not nope, put in do a DraftKings lineup for football week one. Do not. <laughs> Do not. Something crazy will happen, and that guy who's $2,000 is going to be usable in a cash pool, not in a tournament, but in a cash pool in week one, and you want to be prepared for when that happens. So we have that coming up. Um, I'm trying to book a Thanksgiving spectacular that we'll do off schedule as well. Um, So we're looking at uh, some good stuff coming up. And, um, you know, we are just so folks remember. Yeah, just so folks remember, we are not going to cover Thursday games the week off. We may talk about about them the week before, but because the podcast is recorded on Wednesday and published on Fridays, the Thursday game is not going to be included in a lot of our DFS pools. So just keep that in mind. Now, when we get to the end of the year in December where there's Saturday games, they will be because we can talk about Saturday things published on Friday and you can still put in pools. But just be advised, that's going to be a big thing for us. So lots going on. Camp's heating up. People, injuries everywhere. Injuries People everywhere. Like cats and dogs living together. Mass hysteria. It, it's just, it's all over the place right now. There's a lot going on in the NFL. We are going to be here to discuss it, drink beer, and just kind of have a good time. We are. We're eight episodes in, Craig. Closing thoughts. Closing thoughts. You know what I'm going to do this year? What is that? Um, and I haven't bought this thing in a very, very long time. Oh, God. What I think I'm going to do. And I just thought of this now. Is it what condoms? Th- no. Okay. What I think I'm going to do is I'm going to get the new version of Madden. And we'll talk about the Madden curse on another podcast. I'm going to get the new version of Madden. 
uh, Madden. And I'm going to put in our, see if I can put in our top picks on our team and see how they do against another team. Across like an entire week? Yeah. Because you have to run multiple games in DFS. Uh, Well, what I think I'm going to do is I'll try to put on the same, I'll, yeah, I'll break it out. The only issue will be the receivers. Well, again, depending. But I'll on, see how they do. I, I'm not big on the Madden thing. But, I mean, if you could sit there and say, all right, simulate a week. Yeah. And show me all the stats from the week. You could presumably then say, okay, this is who we think. You know, based on our picks, this is what's going to happen. Yeah. But I don't want to give people the impression that we're going to sit around and play Madden. No, no. And whoever an auto, does well on Madden is going to be who we a, recommend. There's an auto feature. All right, good. So it just plays on its own. Good. Good. And I think, and this is another thing, I have not run this by Craig yet, so this is happening live. There you go. Here we go. It's Nervousness. Live. Or do it live. Nervousness. We'll do it live. By the way, the Bluefish offered us that opportunity. They're like, we can get you Wi-Fi access. You can stream live from the ballpark. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I, we are not that good, guys. We are still, you know, let's just let's just get set up at the ballpark. Um, I'm thinking that in the next two weeks, we should just pick a podcast and and actually do a live draft and do a football fig nuts team Let's in like it. Yahoo or CBS. And Let's one of our it. podcast episodes should just be the two of us trying to draft a damn team together. Let's all right. Let's do it. We can I mean, do. We have a couple of weeks before the uh, season starts. So right. Let's do it. I, I like this. All right, I'm going to try and say this. See if I can get this set up for episode nine. All I'm right. going to try. And I also have a special bottle of beer saved. So that maybe the week we break into uh the bottle I've been uh, sitting on. So, all right, I'm going to start working on those details. In the meantime, guys, start doing your research, start listening to folks, start reading stuff. Don't believe everything you read, but read everything you believe, and that way you can get ready for your fantasy leagues. I am Britt. I'm Craig. And we thank you for listening. This is the Football Fig Nuts Podcast. (laughs) 